Tanya asks us both, with uh-huh. life feeling like it's flying by, how do you ground yourselves to take in the right now? Mushrooms. <laughs> Is that the wrong answer? I saw your post for the um, vibrator. <laughs> I love I, we love a paid post for a vibrator, guys. Thank you for liking it and commenting. I appreciate it. I could share it too, you know. <laughs> but I don't know if they paid you enough. You know what I mean? If you t- if you tell me that they that they really <laughs> that they really showed up for you, then I'm I'm happy to do it. But we'll we'll talk. We'll talk about about paid posts and you can uh you can educate me more cuz i know a little bit from hanging around with you but i don't know i definitely don't know everything so i hope that more writers and actors during this time off people who aren't huge stars you know what i mean like i'm not yeah, talking people that like like, like yeah, micro influence. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, w- I would hope that brands are looking at those people right now for the for their fall posts. Yeah. Q, Q3 or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, I was having a big talk with our friend Ben Acker yesterday about like... How is Ben? He's good, I think. He's good. But like everyone, he's on strike and, you know, and he's looking for ways to make ends meet. Um and I think he was saying that his brother wants him to become a, a notary public, which I was like, oh, that's that's a cool job. Um, but then we were also just talking about like how Ben writes for this show, Thrilling Adventure Hour, that you we've guys, talked about we've a million talked times. About it a million times. And Busy ha- is is like a longtime member of the the repertory, the Work Juice Players. Um, and we were just talking about how that show has such a big and loyal audience, but how they don't really know Ben as a person at all. And like, uh, we were just wondering if there's like any value to like people getting to know him as a person and not just like the writer behind everything. One of the writers, um, because his partner Ben also writes, but, um, yeah, so we were just talking about that. You know what I think is interesting? What? Well, I think that a lot of like really, and it's like antithetical to most writers' personalities. Like Mark and Abby, long ago, guys, and you know, I'm talking about my ex husband Mark and his longtime writing <laughs> and now directing partner Abby. Yes. Years and years ago, people were like, you should get a publicist. You guys should do more publicity. You should talk about your story because like they have such a good story. They met in film school. They became collaborators. They started a romantic relationship that lasted many years. They got engaged. And right the, like the day before the invitations were going out, six weeks before the wedding, she was like, we've made a mistake. Wow. <laughs> we can't get married. And then wildly, they continued to work together forever. Um, which is so cool because, and it speaks to again the the evolved nature of Mark Silverstein. Yeah, I would say. 
Yeah. And also just, it's just an interesting story. I was trying to find something in that. It's not what I was trying to find. (laughs) That's really interesting. Did they ever write, did they ever try to write that movie of themselves? They wrote it as a, it was a, it was a, it was a TV show and I almost got recast as Abby because they had, they had to recast the lead of the pilot at one point and they were already shooting the pilot and they were in San Diego shooting it. But I went in for Abby and I was like one of the final people to maybe literally play Abby, which is so weird. The pilot was called Splitsville. It didn't get picked up, but, um, my, my whole point back to wrap around is that, um, they always were like, no, that's, we don't want to do publicity. We don't want to be out there known. But when you look at these writer directors or writers who create sort of empires, they really let their personalities out there. Ryan Murphy, you know who he is. Shonda, you know who she is. Like, I don't even need to say her fucking last name. Um, (laughs) You know, Darren Aronofsky. Like, a lot of these people who they sort of gravitate toward the limelight as writer, directors, or, you know, creators as opposed to talent to like like on on camera talent yeah you know they end up having these like whole other careers because of it but right. i think it's very opposite of what most writers want to do they don't want to be like mark has no desire exactly. to give an interview yeah most most writers that i know are kind of introverts you know and that's why they became writers in the first place because it let it allowed them to get something out without having to do it with you know with their personality what is mark is that rude like, to say mark is an introvert who likes to surround himself with extroverts yeah but he does not want to and he likes within like a safe space to be an extrovert, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to like have the limelight himself. That's too much for him. Yeah, I can, that's I like mean, cricket. It's like crickets like that. Yes, I understand one hundred percent. It's interesting those dynamics, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there is something to like. We love knowing the people that listen to this podcast and like talking to you guys all the time. But it's interesting to me sometimes, like people that make stuff, they don't really know the people at all. That I mean, they do, but they don't. You know, like they. It's interesting, but I think there's some value to like extending to know the people that are like consuming your stuff. Cause I think it makes you better. And I also think that, I don't know, people just like to be involved in stuff and like feel like they're a part of something. And like, I want to be a part of something too. So win, win. Honey, we all want to be a part of something. (laughs) That's my, but this is interesting for you. Kim Cattrall impressions are like, I feel like Kim Cattrall is doing an impression of like, I don't know, like Mae West or something, right? She's doing like, honey, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Or Well, I think at this point, Kim Cattrall is doing an impression of Kim Cattrall. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. You know, sometimes um, people hit that point. I sometimes hit that point myself. Sometimes I'm like, this is just... Now I'm just doing Busy Phillips. Like, this is like, <laughs> this is too, it's too far. This has got, we've gone too far. Um, 
But this all is uh, a great, or a go- I don't want to say great. You tell me. I'm not the one that gets to say whether it's great or not. But we, this is a decent introduction for today's episode, which is we asked you guys if you had any questions for us to answer for you, things that you've been dying to ask us. Is this? Are we airing this one this week? I don't know. Do you want to? I don't know. I just want to give. I just want to give a little bit of a. State of the Union, in case anyone yeah. might be <laughs> curious. Um, but the good news is I asked RG to come pack for me for Sweden and put together outfits. Okay. So I'm not going to be concerned about that. Um, okay, good. We booked our trip. Like, we have places to stay and... And um, I'm really grateful for you guys supporting the podcast in the next couple of weeks when I'm when we're not doing it live because um, I just think I need a beat to like really um, move through every emotion and uh, process like my kid going to boarding school in a different country and like having to get on that plane the day after we move her in and, and leave the country (laughs) that she's going to stay in. That's, it's big. It's like a lot, I think. And I'm really grateful to Mark and Cricket for being like so great and also going to like, that they're going to be there, you know? Yeah. But I just want to say thank you to like all of you for your never ending support of my fucking beautiful, complicated family. And also if you have anyone to set me up with, I'll be ready when I come back. <laughs> I'm always looking out there on the picket lines. You know, know I, have, the problem. I have my I'm faves. In- I'm always going to pitch an offbeat pick. For Listen, you, that you one guy I mean? that you pitched not long ago, or the yeah. only guy I think you've pitched. Yeah. If he ever comes to New York, <laughs> I, w- I'm ha- I would love to see him. But here's, here's what I, here is what I base my picks on. I, I always like an offbeat pick for someone. And this is like, this is all my girlfriends. I'm always suggesting like, what about this guy? What about this guy? Because here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, Like, first of all, is the person, like, do I think of them as someone that you could, like, get heart eyes for? Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? And and sometimes, like, I think it's immediate with someone. Like, Mm -hmm. you just see someone and you're like, it's very hard not to blush around this person, et cetera, et cetera. But some people Mm -hmm. are like, it takes a minute. You have to give it a beat. And then you start to see things about them that you're like, oh, this is positive. This is positive. This is lovely. Um, You know, and by the same token, you also can start to see things that like turn you off to a person. Mm -hmm. But my goal is always to suggest someone that has something so basic in common with you Mm -hmm. that no matter what, even if it's not a love match, like you went out and did this thing and like both had a great time, whether it's like, you know, this one person that I suggested for Busy is someone that she kind of knows, but he like is really into like 
like, he's a foodie, you know, and, like, knows fun restaurants, and he's not, but he's not a snob. So I'm like, this is so fun. Like, you guys could, at at the very least, if it's a dud, if you go on a date and it's a dud, Mm -hmm. you had a great dinner that someone put some thought into or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, you would have to go and tell me, like, if the dinner was great or if, like, he was a know-it-all about food or whatever, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But he doesn't strike me. That way. But, like, who knows? I mean, listen, the possibilities, I know it doesn't seem like it, but the possibilities are endless, which is so weird because, I mean, yes, I think so. I think, you know, who wouldn't want to take you out and have a good time with you? No, I am the fucking best. That is 100% (laughs) accurate. (laughs) And I'm also, like, such a good girlfriend, too, because I'm cancer yeah. And I'm really like, uh, I'm a caretaky, caretaky vibe. That's where I have to like be careful because sometimes yeah. I just, sometimes I'm like, here's a project that I can take care of. Right. We don't, we don't need that. You know what? I think, that. no, we really don't. And I think that, I actually think that that piece is like been healed quite a bit, you know? Oh, good. For the record, I'm a terrible girlfriend. It's a good thing. I haven't been one in a long time. I'm like a, a monster. Um, and so I just don't think that, that's true. I like actually just don't think that's true. <laughs> it really is. Like, I don't, I just don't suffer foolishness in, in dating at all. So mm-hmm. like whoever has ever dated me has had to be very intrepid um, and like gutsy. I'd even say to be like, whoa, you know, I mean, wait, have I, I, don't ever, I don't understand. Explain it to me. Like, I'm just, wait, like, I just say to you, a friend of mine said to me, like, Ugh, all these, like all these girls are, th- this is a, I mean, this is a guy, right? Yeah. But he was, and he wasn't, be- and I'm going to say a thing that's going to sound like everyone's going to be like, ew. He wasn't being gross. He literally was like, all these girls are like throwing themselves at me and I'm confused by it. Like, I don't even under, like, I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah. And, but I was like, what does that mean? Like, how does that, like, I truly, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how does that work? What does that mean? Yeah. What is throwing themselves at you? Am I doing that on accident to someone? I don't know. And I mean, not right now because I don't have any any no, irons in the fire. No, yeah, but I'm just saying, know. like, what does that mean to a guy? I, and I was a little bit like doing my own thing while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, but I was like. I want, I have follow-up questions. Like, I I do want to know, like, how does that work? What's the story? I don't know. Anyway. It could also be, like, I mean, I don't know the the man that you're talking about. It could also be, like, a confident man interpretation. Is, man, of, is, man is tough. Okay. Unclear. Unclear. Okay. Not, not yet a man. <laughs> a young, a young person. Yeah, like, I don't know the know. person who you're who you're talking about, but it could just be like a very confident interpretation of what's happening. You Ooh, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, also, sometimes like people are just being supportive, and like, like women are being. Everyone wants to civil fuck me. To me. <laughs> like it's just never been like my go-to has just never been. Oh, everybody wants to fuck me, or these people want to, or any, or anyone, or anyone, or anyone wants to fuck yeah. me. Like I it is so, that. and it's really interesting because I know you guys get this, even if you've been partnered for a long time or whatever. Like, I am just one of those people where my entire life I'm like surprised by it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I like, get that. wait, what? Oh no! Oh, you like me? 
oh my God, that's crazy. Anyway, so that's interesting. Yeah, I'm a tough girlfriend because I just, I'm not like, you know, when I was younger, there were a couple guys that like I played games with, uh, you know, or I allowed games to be played and allowed myself to be like hurt. But like at that point, Also, like, my life had just been so full of games and, like, puzzles and trying Mm -hmm. to parse out why people did the things that they did. And so, like, I, you know, later in my teen years, because I've been with my husband since I was a teenager, I just decided to draw very strict boundaries. Like, here's what we're not doing, you know? And so we're not Mm -hmm. posting ourselves in bikinis. Hanging out with men <laughs> L- from our luckily, previous wild days. Luckily, Wait, no, social, no, oh, social no, media no, didn't no. Uh, didn't exist back sorry, then. Sorry, but sorry. like, but things like you know, we're not gonna punish me for having guy friends. We're not gonna question things that I'm wearing. You know what I mean? I know it sounds wild to be like, oh, you're just saying you wouldn't like let yourself be abused. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. that's basically it. But there, I'm. Sure, I've talked about how I worked in the nursing home. I worked the night shift. I went to school during the day. My husband and I were dating, and like I barely, I barely slept for the first few years that I ever knew this guy. Like he was getting to know a person that like I didn't even know because I don't even know. I wasn't conscious enough to know what was going on. But um, this is just this is just one example. But he loves to tell this story. At some point, he had sold his car to buy me an engagement ring. Oh, my um, God. Are we, is this a gift of the Magi shit? No, no, not really. And it didn't matter because, like, I didn't need, we could just basically share a car because of, like, what my schedule was. Right, right. Of he course, was, of course. Yeah. But so, anyway. In New York. This is actually still back in Massachusetts. Oh, okay, so, okay. We could basically share a car and he would like drop me off for my shifts or whatever. And I was just exhausted. I was like a new mom, but like without the baby because I just was operating on fumes at all times because I was so tired from going to work from 11 at night till 7 in the morning, Mm -hmm. then going right to school, still smelling like pureed pureed food and pee. I can't. And then having classes all day. And then I'd do my homework after and I would try to sleep for a couple of hours. And so he would always come and sit with me during the time that I was trying to sleep to for a couple of reasons. Like he needed to give me a ride when I had to go to work, but also he didn't want me to oversleep and miss the beginning of my shift. And like he would wake me up for that shift. And I never Never, never wanted to go. I don't wake up easily as it is. Yeah, me neither. I never wanted to wake up. And so every night he just saw, like, honestly, like a little kid. Like, sometimes I cried because I was being woken up and I didn't want to wake up. And he would just handle it in such a gentle way. But... One time I was sleeping and I had like probably three or four hours to sleep. I was sleeping in my bed and I would always be like, you can watch TV like quietly while you're, you're not going to like sit here and stare at me sleeping. Sometimes Mm -hmm. he would read or whatever, but he like got up to get a drink or something and he came back and like sat back down on the bed, but he sat down kind of roughly and it jiggled the bed a little. And I sat like bolt upright in the bed and opened my eyes and said, are you done? (laughs) To him, and he was like, 
Oh. Note to self, never, oh my God. never jiggle the bed. So that's what, that's the kind of girlfriend I've been. But I haven't mm. been a girlfriend in a long time. I've been a wife for a very long time. Anyway, do you want to get to some of these fun questions? I do. Okay. <laughs> June shine. We love you, June shine. <laughs> I, really I like that. It's a little like Bjork vibes. Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> you know what I love about June shine? What? They now have broken into and successfully conquered. The adult beverage canned cocktails, margaritas, which is, that's what I'm really talking about, but vodka sodas, (laughs) and rum cocktails. Yes. It's like they they do it the way they do everything. Premium ingredients, no added sugar, no added sugar. I'm going to say it one more time. No added sugar, guys. And it's delicious and light and refreshing. It's like summer in a can. It's in the name, June... (laughs) Shine, guys. It is uh, the best. You're coming home in the summer after a long day. You want to have a cocktail with your dinner. It's so easy just to pop one open and have it with dinner and just feel like a little over ice. Yeah, perfect ending to the day. It is delicious, but it's also very light because it doesn't have added sugar. So it doesn't leave you with that like heaviness of, I just drank a can full of sugar. You know what I mean? Right, right. Also so great to bring to a party if you're invited somewhere. It's a huge crowd pleaser. Not that I want to share it, but. Well, they've got now these, the canned cocktails. They have the margarita pack. Four different flavors, spicy, mango, tropical, and lime. Personally, I don't go spicy, but that's just me. But mango, (laughs) tropical, and lime, delicioso, made with high-quality tequila. And for vodka fans, they've got the passion fruit vodka soda and a classic vodka mule. Um, And then they've got Mai Tais. So bringing it old school with a Mai Tai, it's so so perfect. And then they have this thing called Surfer on Acid, which is, okay. I mean, it's intense with the naming of it, but (laughs) it's basically a rum punch. And then they've got a mixed pack, which gives you like a little bit of everything. So you can try the tequila, vodka, rum. And yeah, I agree. We're coming up on Labor Day. I'm telling you, you're going to your Labor Day BBQs. Grab the mixed pack, bring it to the BBQ. It's going to be a hit. And you can feel good about it too because they're carbon neutral through their partnership with Climate Neutral. They donate 1% of all sales to environmental nonprofits and their brewery is powered 100% by renewable energy. Come on, get out of here, Junshan. I love you. (laughs) Junshan can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country. It's available at all the retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol, Whole Foods, Target, Ralph's, Vons, Albertsons, Kroger, Wegmans, Total Wine, Bevmo, Safeway, and many more. But, but, and this is very important, we've worked out a special deal just for our listeners. At any store, you can buy one June Shine package and get the second for only a penny, one cent. Just a penny. You know how I feel about pennies. Pennies are lucky. <laughs> Guys, it, that is $12 to $20 in value. We recommend trying... 
one of the best-selling variety packs. It's a great way to try all of the delicious flavors. So go to juneshine.com slash busy, and then you text them a photo of your receipt, and they will Venmo you directly and immediately. It's that easy. That's juneshine, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E.com slash busy. Oh, better help. Better help is sometimes what you need. You don't need worse help. You need better help. <laughs> anyway, this episode is sponsored by Better Help. We really do believe in therapy. We believe in getting help when you need it. Um listen, sometimes in life, things pop up. You're faced with difficult choices. Path forward isn't clear. Sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to do. I feel stuck. I don't know what to do about my career, my relationships. I, this entire episode today is like advice. You know, you're looking for something. I want to stay connected to what I really want. I want to be able to navigate life. I want to make decisions that align with my values. And here's the thing therapy is really important in helping you develop and learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Yeah. We've all come a long way, I feel like, together, but we all have been through a lot and still have a long way to go. And therapy is just a great way to manage that. Yeah. And I'm so proud of the fact that we're talking about accessing therapy. Totally. Because therapy is not just for somebody with like severe mental illness or someone who's had a major trauma in their life. Like therapy is useful for a person who is just trying to exist in this world every day. Therapy is for everybody. It is literally for everyone. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge for whatever reason. Guys, I'm just encouraging you, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash busy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash busy. Tanya asks us both, with uh -huh. life feeling like it's flying by, how do you ground yourselves to take in the right now? Mushrooms. <laughs> Is that the wrong answer? No, it's the right answer. No, that's a great no, answer. I think it's true. No, I feel like... Here's what I here's what I genuinely think. Here's what I genuinely think. Po like pre and post pandemic are two different lives, life will people like like what what's the word that I'm even looking for? <laughs> I can't like I'm like it's two different it's eras, two different worlds. Like yeah, and I look back on my early thirties and mid thirties and even sort of <laughs> some of my late thirties. Yeah. And I do think that I, I do think that I like sort of was missing the piece of 
the equation, which you're speaking to, which is that it's going so fast. Yeah. And I think just that acknowledgement means that you're paying attention and you're in the present. Right. Is what I think. Um, Yeah. But I think it's also, I think there are also lots of tools. And I don't know about you, but like, for me, I try to really listen to people when I'm being aware. I mean, when I'm not, then I'm just on my phone looking at Instagram or whatever. But like, (laughs) it's true. Yeah. But I try to make, I've been trying more and more to make those decisions. Like if I go out with a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a long time, like is my phone on the table or is my phone in my purse? Because I think that that's one of the things that like has pulled us out of the present. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Well, for sure, because you're just, it's like a million timelines live in your phone. You know what I mean? And you're just Holy hopping around. Holy shit. Do, do you remember that show Quantum Leap? Or like, did you remember watch it? <laughs> remember it? I What are you talking it. about? It's my fa- I like want, I wanted to reboot Quantum Leap they for a while. They did reboot it. They did reboot it, but it wasn't as beloved as- Was it me? As did I, was, it, was I there? It wasn't no. you, or but maybe in another timeline. But this is what I'm saying. Like your phone is like a little, a little portal to a million different timelines, and mm-hmm. you like you're in control of it, and so you're jumping around everywhere. But the thing is, like, Ooh, time why? travel is real. Now <laughs> that's true. You're right. It's true. That's wild. And, but it's like, why are you doing it? Like, what are you getting from it? And so I think like. I just have to strive to be more intentional with that kind of thing. And I have to say to myself, like, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, like sometimes I'll get on TikTok and just to like regulate my emotions to like numb myself out and almost like flatten my brain, I'll scroll through. I'll allow myself to scroll through. Do you have to limit it? Because the next thing you know, you could like look up and have spent two hours looking at nonsense, like randomly, like channel surfing, looking at nonsense on TikTok. You won't even remember well, it's, half it's of what you saw. It's like, yes. it is, it's a new way to disassociate. And like, yes. Yes. I'm going to say something, maybe controversial. I don't know. A little disassociation has never hurt a person. Like, I am a firm believer in, like, if you need to disassociate for a minute or two or 10 <laughs> right. or 30, fucking check out, man. Do because it. Check out. that is, that is a defense, me- like, helping you, right? Yeah. But you cannot live in that place. You just can't. Right. Right. And so that's what I think, that's how... To your to your question, Tanya, um, is like I don't. I'm trying really hard not to waste a lot of my time, and also I'm trying to recognize the value in things that maybe in the past I would have said were a waste of time, but they're really not. Like when one of my like group chats blows up. And I'm just getting message after message after message. It means that like my friends are talking about something and it seems fun, you know, like it's bubbling, the the conversation's popping. And so I want to join in on that. And there have been times when I'm like, oh, I just was like texting with my friends or whatever. Yeah, but fuck that. You know, those are my friends. You know what I mean? Like, so I spent 30 minutes having a conversation with my friend. And I think because it's like in the mode of like text or whatever. Well, and our generation. I think that right. younger generations don't 
feel the same. Like, I don't think they view it as like a waste. A waste, right. So yeah. I'm I'm like, I'm talking with my friends who deserve my time and attention. And, you know, and I think also sometimes I get down on it because it might be like spontaneous. And I'm like, I shouldn't have dropped what I was doing to do this. But absolutely, I should have. Because like, what if a friend needed something? Or what if they just wanted to like talk about some movie star's haircut? You know, like both things I want to be in on. So, you know, so those are things that are, that are okay. But like, I'm not getting any smart or scrolling TikTok or Instagram. Like, it's useful for what it is, but I have to be careful to limit it. And I also think that um, if I want to, like, transport myself sometimes, maybe, like, a book is a good way. So I'm trying to, like, read more books and things like that. But also, like, if life is passing you by too fast, go stand and hand wash a sink full of dishes because nothing will make your life feel slower than than doing that, you know? Like, that's a real reality check. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a life slower downer. <laughs> but also, it's like, it is, that's also just life too, right? Like, we're all experiencing yeah. that feeling of like, it's going too fast. It's going too fast. It's going yeah. too fast. Because it is, you it know? Is. It, it is, it uh, will. It a is. thousand years wouldn't be enough no. if you're doing it right, you know? A thousand years wouldn't be enough if you're doing it right. Casey, Casey St. Ange, guys. Casey St. Ange. All right. What's the next question? Um, okay. Anonymous asks, how do you feel about separate bedrooms for a married couple? Been happily I love married it. for 25 years? I don't, need to, I don't even need to hear the rest. Yeah. Separate bedrooms, you've been married a day. You. Separate bedrooms, you've been married 25 years. Separate bedrooms, you've been, you're not married, but you're, I don't give a fuck. I love it. Whatever works for you. No one says you had to sleep next to a person if it's something that's important to you. As long as you're having open communication, you're fucking, you're like co-parenting, you're doing all the other things. My God, sleep in separate bedrooms if that's for you. <laughs> My parents have works. been married, yeah. you know, like 50, whatever, four years now, I think. Yeah. And I think they've had separate bedrooms literally like for maybe 30 of those years. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Like a long time. But I also have a very close friend who's been married a long time. She and her husband are super happy. They have children. They have sex, like, et cetera, et cetera. They have slept in separate bedrooms for 10 years. Okay. Because they have, like, different needs in the, like, mattress department. (laughs) Yeah. And different sort of, like, sleep-ish schedules and, like... One of them needs a lot of space. It's my friend. One of them needs a lot of like space and like yeah. to spread out in order to really get a good night's sleep. It, yes. When I tell you it has not negatively affected their relationship at all, as long as you're like communicating, be like, and, and I would say maybe there's a moment where you're like, I need my person to sleep next to me and cuddle me. Yeah. But maybe then not. just ask. You but just maybe. Ask. But Who maybe knows? I'm just saying. Who knows? But I love yeah, that, I, guys. I, I love agree. it. If you have I, that ability and the privilege, Jesus. <laughs> I agree. It worked for the royal family in England. Low it did not. Years. It didn't. It didn't. I just would see that on the crown that the 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 king's always going to his own bedroom and like poking in to say something to uh, to Queen Elizabeth uh, to to you know slag someone off or whatever. <laughs> But um, I, yeah, I just think that 
who cares what anyone thinks? She was saying it's awkward when the subject comes up. Don't talk about it. Don't, like, it's nobody's beeswax. And, uh, yeah, I know I know married people that have separate homes, like, which is incredibly privileged, but they're wealthy enough to do it, and that's the way that it works best for them, and they I are crazy about each other. married people who consider themselves divorced who share a home. <laughs> Any way that so, works for you is You know good. what? <laughs> All bets okay. are off. Um, All right. Next question. Hayden's asking uh, me, what's the one most important thing you would want someone to know about Prince who wasn't already a fan? Oh, yeah. Um, That's a good question. I like that. What I would want someone to know about Prince who isn't already a fan is that he was incredibly philanthropic. He had a number of causes that he was really supportive of. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast before, but, and I hope she doesn't mind. I'm going to be vague about it. Uh, but this friend of mine who ran an organization for Black kids that were interested in computers. She saw that other people had organizations, but she thought that she could do it better. She thought that um, that she had a better idea. And so she just started this organization on her own, like in addition to her really hard job. And um, at some point she noticed that her, like her funding had taken a hit because she existed on on donations. And uh, she noticed that, like, the donations had dropped quite a bit. And so she's, like, a mad genius, right? So she hadn't been keeping close track of, like, the donations. She was just happy to see money was coming in, and then she was putting it out into the organization. So then she went back with an eye toward, like, figuring out why there wasn't as much money as there had been. And she found a bunch of canceled checks that were non-specific to her, but they were in the amount of $7,000 each, and they were from Minneapolis. They weren't from Minneapolis. They were from the address of Paisley Park, but it didn't say Paisley Park. It didn't say Prince. Mm -hmm. And so she brought the checks to me, and she was like, are these what I think they are? And I was like, yes, that that's exactly what they are. And uh, she was like, why $7,000? And I was like, seven was his favorite number. And uh, so that's that. He was, and he did that for so many people. He was always paying off someone's mortgage, paying a hospital bill for someone, putting someone through school. That's what I'd want you to know about him. Uh, I love that. that. (laughs) Fizzy, Hayden also wants to know from you, uh, what's your top New York City recs? They went to see A Strange Loop after you recommended it, and it was the best play they've ever seen. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, my God. I mean, I think that if you're here and the weather is nice, the rooftop of the Restoration Hardware store in meatpacking is literally the greatest trick. Love it. It's so great. Go have like a cocktail and a cheese plate on the roof of... (laughs) the restoration hardware store in Chelsea and people are like, it's like meatpacking and people are like the restoration hardware store. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I mean, unless you're a member of the Soho house next door, which has the exact same roof. <laughs> like, but why would you be, why wouldn't you go to restoration not, hardware? Go to the fucking RH rooftop. Oh have the greatest, have some wine. The cheese plate, charcuterie. They have a great burger. 
My Go favorite to the coffee shop, my favorite coffee shop in the city when I was working there, I don't know if it's still there, but the Cadillac dealership in Shut Soho. Up. Shut up. You're hilarious. No, I have no idea, but that's had really an amazing coffee shop. And me and my friend Taryn would go and sit there for fucking hours. It was so elegant and it was not crowded at all because no one realized it was a coffee shop. They always had art installations and exhibits and then you could like go look at some Cadillacs. It was amazing. I love that. I also <laughs> love um any like Jack's wife Frida is my go-to. Yeah. There's I'm apparently on the wall in Union Square. Ooh. Still haven't been there to see it. Gotta but I get am there. I gotta get there. But um but yeah like I think also like the gallery all of the art galleries in Chelsea in, in like West Chelsea are incredible and so fun. And you can just like go into all anything, any of yeah. them. Like, it's not like, it's just a, it's literally like a free art exhibit. Yeah. All and the there's time. So, there's so much to explore in Central Park. So many interesting monuments and statues and architectural wonders. And also like just people being freaky on the lawns. Yeah, I do love that. And <laughs> wait, wait, I do want to just tell you a story really fast. Yeah. yeah I yeah. saw these tourists walking and they were walking. They were like, I don't know. They were speaking English. Maybe they're British. They were like British or, yeah, they were British. And they saw a D'Agostino's like grocery store. Yeah. Which is just a grocery store here, guys. And like when you go in it, it's just like, it's just a grocery store. It's not yeah. like that great. But yeah. it was like one that has kind of like a cute facade. And the guy was like, she was like, oh, is that a deli? And he's like, I don't know. It looks adorable. Let's go in there. <laughs> and I just was like, oh my God, they're going into a grocery store. And then I was thinking about all the times like I've been a tourist in a foreign yes. country. And I've been like, what is that adorable little Hamlet? And they're like, that's just actually our where we get our gas for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was making me laugh so hard. Like, I almost wanted to be like, guys, 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 no. Shh, 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 don't go there. The facade of Dagostino's literally is a facade. Because- it's a facade. It was a facade. It's a facade. I know. Bless. Bless, it Dags. Trick you. We love you. you. We love you, but no. It's just a grocery store. It's like All not right. even the best grocery store. <laughs> Carolyn Kang. I love her. Hi, Carolyn. Um, she asked, Casey and Busy, what have you learned from working and being in business together? She's obsessed with female partnerships and thinks the best businesses come from them. Curious about how we work together, what our work dynamics are, roses and thorns, all the good stuff. Well, I bet I have learned more than Casey because Casey has been, I don't know, doing what she does for so long but I think that one thing that became really clear, like I knew, I just had a gut feeling about that, like Casey was going to be the person that I needed to have on my side and like with me for this. And the reason why I was right and I didn't, I mean, I, that was just a total gut fucking instinct. <laughs> it really was. I had no yeah. real basis for it other than we had a mutual friend and I knew that you had, you were working at Watch What Happens Live. Um. And while you hadn't like technically had the title showrunner yet, you hadn't. Right. Had no, you? no, no, I hadn't. No. Right. Cause I remember that was like a thing. I was like, I knew that, I knew that she was 
a boss and I knew that you could be a showrunner. And um, one thing that I learned from Casey is that... <sighs> is that especially in entertainment, but I imagine that this sort of translates to all businesses and literally every aspect of life. Um, a lot of times women didn't ha- won't have the title that is like sort of almost like required for the job or whatever from the company. And the fact of the matter is they don't have it because of lots of different reasons. You know, we had lots of like women of color in our, like who would come in and they didn't have the title of right, like associate producer or whatever it was. Or producer. Or, or, or producer yeah. or whatever. And we would talk to them and listen to their experiences and know within, I would say like two and a half minutes, whether or not this person could like do the job that we were needing to fill. And then it just became a piece of like saying this is the only person for it. And right. like just I I just feel like you showing me cuz I've always I've I've known that, right? Like I think I've known that. I think I've yeah. known that. I don't know. But I feel like you saying like, "Oh yeah, well, obviously like Lots of people don't get the titles because of their gender or their sexual identity or the their race. And so now we're in this position, like this is such a blessing because we get to just be like, no, 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 we need this person to the company. Right. And, and, and at no point did she... And that empowered me even more ever question if the company would then doubt our ability to, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I think a lot, okay, I'm going to give like an example of a thing that is going to be veiled (laughs) thinly. You be the judge. (laughs) But I know a woman who had a shot at doing like her own show. And instead of doing the thing that Casey really encouraged me to follow and was her own fucking thing, which is we're going to make sure this is like, you know, very um, diverse in every way, shape and form with the people that we hire. Like the woman that, was getting her own show, surrounded herself with like white men who've all done the thing before, who were like the experts that the company recommended. And it was like a disaster, I think. And it's not, it was very short-lived. A lot of people might say the same thing about ours. I would beg to differ. Ours was not a disaster. It was highly successful and it was short-lived, but that's out of our control. But My only point is that, like, I think sometimes as women especially, and white women, me, I think we're sort of, you know, kind of like brainwashed into thinking by white supremacy and the patriarchy, by the white supremacist patriarchy, that we're so lucky to be here that in order for us to stay here, we have to uphold the rules. And, And the rules being, like, we need to continue to, like, 
um, give white men their like the jobs that they quote unquote deserve, whatever, deserve. Yeah. and not and not try to shake the not try to rock the boat by giving other people a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that if I that if we were to give other people a shot, that would diminish our chances. And you were like, we have no chance anyway. So let's just. <laughs> Well, we, what was interesting is like we had such a – and in a way it was such a luxury because it was almost like a case study for everything we suspected because so many people applied to work on that show. So we got to get our eyes on so many resumes and you could just see it. Everyone that was applying for like a certain job, you would see that like the age of the white women or white people that were um that were applying for a job would be a good 5 years younger than like this uh, a black person applying for yep, that job 100%. and it was because they had gotten stalled at a certain job title you could just see it and you'd be like why have you been an associate producer for 5 years like right. what happened and then you would also see when we went to look for people in higher positions in the structure of a TV show like that, it would only be white applicants because everybody else had dropped out because they got exhausted by being stalled where they were. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking for like higher positions, it's really tough to look for for diverse candidates because because people get tired of it and they're like, fuck this. And they pack it in and they go and do something else where, you know, where they can make headway more easily. And so I had so much respect for people that had hung in there and felt like they were really paying their dues. And so I wanted and busy wanted to really give some people like an opportunity to move up the ladder, you know, that one, that one position, if we could. And also, you know, I think it was very kind of gutsy of us because a lot of people, both like people that we sort of answered to and people that we worked with that we really respected were like running candidates by us who were like, oh, this is like a friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. She went to this college. He went to this college and, you know, and he's like just graduating. And we were like, we're not hiring any of those people. Not this time. That person will be fine. But I would, but I just back to like the question at hand, which is like, what did I learn from Casey? Like, I think I wouldn't have, I truly don't know if I would have been able to like stand my ground on that stuff if it, if you hadn't been the person that I was working with, that we weren't, that like we weren't building the show together. I really don't um, know. That makes me happy. Well, I know, me I too. Thank you like, so I'm, much so, I'm for... so grateful. Jesus, are you kidding? <laughs> I thank you so much for like being supportive of that and never, you never once asked me like, can we just ease up a little bit on this because it's like irritating people. And I was just like, no, we can't. We just can't. We've eased up on it for too long. And so we just can't. I, Busy, I have learned so much from you. Like, I always admired how you really, when you clicked into show mode, how you were really thinking about it and like just putting yourself in it. Like I always admired how you ran through the show and were really like almost 
pretending you were in the show or feeling like you were in the show and like giving it your all in the run throughs. Like, I think that's so great. Not a lot of people do that. And I think it's like, it's the real test of if something's working or not. And it was such a pleasure to see that. And I just learned a lot from you about like going for it and what it was worth it to to stand up for, you know, because there are things that I 100% are like, listen, you got to pick your battles. And like, this isn't a battle that I think that we should be fighting. But I think you were, you really like stood up for so many things that <laughs> I also might have just been like, oh, fuck it. Like, let's I was let that kind one go. of a dick sometimes. <laughs> You learned how to be a dick, which I no, which I, mean, I think I, is so I, funny. Here's the truth, Biz. I 100% am and always have been a dick. Like, our colleague Nelson Walters has a notebook full of dickish things that I've said that he's written down that he thinks it's so funny when I'm a dick. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I would just... I wouldn't use it for anything productive. I would just be a dick, like, in my own head, like, with what I was thinking, where you were like, no, we should tell them how we feel about this, and this is, and I was like, oh, I, okay, yes. That is much more productive. Like, what's the sense of being passionate about something if you don't, like, wield that passion to any effect? If you just, like, internalize the passion or you perform it for your friend or whatever, that's not doing anything. So, you know, I just learned from you that like it's better to do something than to not that sounds basic but <laughs> it's, it's better, better to, to do something than to not I hope that yeah. answered your question guys <laughs> <laughs> oh it's about that time for me to go downstairs <laughs> I know Gina's gonna be chomping at the bit to get into her Sundays Oh my gosh. The girls love Sundays so much. Yeah. So does Gina. It's air-dried dog food made from a very short list of human-grade ingredients, which is like, honestly, one of the benefits for me. The other benefit is that it contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, 0% synthetic nutrients, but it's like, it doesn't smell bad. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm just going to say it. It smells good. It's like smells fine. It smells <laughs> like I'm not like, I'm not like gagging. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yes. I've had some dog food in the past where I'm like, this is like fresh, good dog food and I want to vom. And that is not the experience with Sundays. <laughs> yes. 100% agree on that. Because unlike other fresh dog food, Sundays, zero prep, zero mess, zero stress. It's shelf-stable. It makes it very easy to feed your baby dog top-quality food. And the orders do ship straight to your door. So I don't ever worry about running out. And it costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because, because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. It's air-dried dog food. So it's easier to ship. They spend the money on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your baby dog that you love so much. Aww. Anyway, guys, Gina loves it. The girls love it. We worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash busy or use code busy at the checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S. 
dot com forward slash busy. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Okay, I'm going to have to do it. I'm sorry. Honey love, honey love, we love you. Oh, 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 honey love. <laughs> we do love honey love. I know. Well, honey loves revolutionized the broad game. Truly. For real. Because Truly. you can upgrade from, you know, an uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that make you feel like your boobs are like trapping heat in them. Honey Loves Bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing that lift, guys. Get that lift. Right. Everything just feels so soft, but so secure, like Mm -hmm. a second skin. I've talked about the bigness of my boobs on this podcast. So to really feel like held in there, but so comfortable is a dream come true. I mean, listen, for the more relaxed lounge bra... I like the V bra. It mm. offers support of traditional bra, but it doesn't have any underwire. It lifts and separates molded cups, but it's not like a shelf-like bra that creates a uniboob. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I like the crossover bra because of the comfort, as I said, but it also like looks cute too. If it peeks out of the top of my top... I don't mind. It right, it has like that hot. mesh, the mesh yes, little thing. Yes. I know, I know, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Guys, we are really into honey love for the bras, but also that, you know, they do have shapewear. Yes, They've love got the shapewear too. leggings, like very breathable, versatile leggings. They've got anything you could need. Honestly, I want you to check it out. It is so next level comfortable. You're going to forget that you're wearing it. You're going to love the way that you look. (laughs) And it holds up really well as well. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash best 20. You can support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash best 20. Just treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash best 20. Cinched, snatched, lifted. It is hot girl season. Thanks to Honey Love. 20% off honeylove.com slash best 20. This question we've been getting, by the way, for months. This is from Jen in Brooklyn. We've been getting it so much. Who makes Busy's pink sunglasses? Oh my God, you guys. All the you internet sleuthing. We know. We solved it on the Facebook group. The, okay, the sorry. Busy Phillips is doing It's Emmanuel Kahn. That's right. That's right. It's the Emmanuel pink Kahn. sunglasses. But everybody has been asking. Everybody wants. I mean, I guess the real question is, is there like Emmanuel Kahn are some luxury, it's a luxury brand. Yep. Those are gorgeous. They're yep. probably from... Are they last season or are they this season? Or are they vintage? Fucking no. No, they're from Saks Fifth Avenue when I had some time to kill. (laughs) And uh, I went in there and I was looking at all these like really brightly bright sunglasses. And I was like, I know this brand. I know Thierry Lasserie. I know Celine, obvious. I know all of these brands. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) <laughs> and the girl's like, so I think it actually is this season. 
Oh, okay. Um, and I got them at Saks. And guys, okay. they're expensive. But you know what? I love them, and so do you. <laughs> and if anyone out there finds, like, a good dupe, let us know. I'm not... Are you against a dupe, or do you, like... That's why oh, I'm give always a fuck. curious. I literally don't, don't care. care. I don't care. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. It's complicated, right? Like, yes. I am in a position in my life where I don't, where fast fashion is a thing I can say no to. If it's like, you know, like, I'm not buying from, I'm never buying anything from Shein. Like, I'm not buying things from, places where I'm like, oh, they're actively murdering, you know, baby gorillas in order to, like, I don't know, whatever they're doing, destroying rainforests and like burning fossil fuels for fun, whatever it is. Right, right. Um, So I really do try to stay away from like fast fashion. And I really do believe in investing in a thing and then having that thing be your thing. You know, yeah. and that being said, like, yeah, I don't care. Give like whatever. A dupe is like great. Um, and some things are just like fucking overpriced, but some things aren't. You know what right. I mean? Like some things are like they're priced that way because it's like a real. It's a luxury item. Yeah, I don't I'm know. reading this novel right now called uh-huh. Counterfeit by Kristen Chen, and it's about like the counterfeit uh, Bags. replica bag industry. It's so fun and good. Um, But yeah, I always have, you know, when I was like growing up in New York City, like uh, knockoff Kate Spade bags were all the rage, but you could totally, you could totally tell that they were knockoffs. They were like, it looked like a, like a fabric wrapped cereal box, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, That being said, did you see, there was an article in the New York Times not long ago about how good the, the, the like, Super fake. They're called super fakes. Yeah, they have grades of the. Yeah. The, so the now, replica. like the the new things are these super fakes, and um, and they had this quiz. Did I tell you this? No. On, they had this quiz on the New York Times of like, can you tell the real bag from the super fake? Uh huh. And I got them all right. You like, did. I could, yeah, oh I could my. tell a hundred percent of the time. I could tell. And it wasn't even a question to me. I was just like, that one, that one, that one, (laughs) that one, that one. But like, also, I literally don't give a fuck. Like, who cares? I don't know what any of it means. Nothing means anything anymore. Buy a dupe. Whatever. (laughs) Amy from Michigan says, Casey, you always seem to give the best advice you say things, and they seem to just roll off your tongue so matter-of-factly, like, you're a therapist. Where does it come from? Um... Childhood trauma, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, I think that one thing that I think about myself, like my original interest in working in entertainment was that I wanted to make children's entertainment, um, which is hilarious because I do think that like comedy variety is basically children's entertainment. And I have been lucky to do a couple things in the in the children's entertainment and teen entertainment space. Um, And I think that the reason that I love it so much is because that was such a, um, well, we were talking about disassociation earlier. It was such a like emotionally (laughs) regulatory. We were talking about disassociation (laughs) earlier. So sure. 
Right. You know, like entertainment was such a big deal. Entertainment and reading and and the little magazines I would get my hands on and music, Barbies I've talked about were really mm-hmm. like an escape for me, like a, just a portal to like another place where everything was good and safe and okay. And so I think that I still really identify with my childhood self and with kids in general. And so I think that whenever I'm giving advice or whatever, I am coming from a place of like what I felt like I needed. And also like, I think because of the way my childhood was, I had a lot of time on my own to sort of try to figure out why people did the things that they did. And I also have had to come to terms with the fact that like you can... You can love someone and still be utterly shit at loving them or mm. being in a relationship to them, whatever it is, whether you're a sibling or a parent or a grandparent. You can you can do the best you can and mm-hmm. it's still not it's not what the person needs. It's not enough. Uh and you know, but that being said, like, I've spent a lot of time being like, well, why Why are they like that? So I'm trying to always think, like, first and foremost, for whoever wants the advice, I'm trying to think of, like, what they're needing. But then whenever someone has, like, a complaint against someone, I guess I'm always trying to think of, like, why they're doing that. Like, what, it, what the motivation is. Because sometimes I think it helps to know... That thing that Busy and I say all the time, this has everything to do with who that person is and nothing to do with the person that you are. And it sucks that you're 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 like getting the brunt of it, but it's so hard. It's so hard when you get how the it brunt is. of it. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's my thinking when I'm giving advice. I don't always get it right, but I really do try. Um Nicole asks, aside from busy tonight, still crying, what is a dream job you'd both love to work on? What's a dream job for you? I feel like you've had a lot of dream jobs. Dream jobs. <laughs> dream jobs. Um, I have a couple. I don't know. I have a few. Like one of them is that I have this movie that I like keep fucking around well i'm doing well on it though i got more outlined done oh great um which is good yeah so there's a movie that i want to finish writing and i would love to direct it that's my dream that's my dream there's not i don't even want to be in it there's not a part for me to be in it there's not a part for me in the movie well there could be but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) Maybe. I might be in it, guys. I might be in it. I'm going to be in a scene. Listen, Uh. there's two scenes. It's two scenes. Guys, if I tell you it's three and a half, (laughs) it's a cameo. Anyway, no, I really, really want to do it. Um, I really want to do it. So I'm hopeful. Okay. Then we just, yeah, we have to keep working toward that. I guess dream, I've had a lot of do. I've had a lot of dream jobs. I love I love the part of writing 
that is like brainstorming and collaborating with people when it's good. There's times when it absolutely sucks and you're just not like vibing with the people in the room or whatever. But for the most part, like I love the beginning when everybody's very excited by something and it's all possibility, you know, and everybody's laughing and having a great time. Um, I love that part of the job when anything's possible. Um, And that's what happens at the beginning of every new TV show. I think I'm really good at starting TV shows. Um, I think that is one of my strengths. And so that's always my dream when I get to work on a brand new show that everybody's like, what is this? Because I always feel like I'm one of the first people to figure out what it is and what it can be. But I also really love, like I love working on commercials. I've I've worked on some really cool commercials that are like so over the top. I worked on commercials that Penny Marshall directed and that Gail Mancuso directed. And uh, Gail forever. Yeah, she's the best. And, um, you know, with really big celebrities in the commercials and just doing wild things and, and like brands, brands allowing you to do something that's really creative and funny is like a special kind of win, you know, because it's hard enough on network TV, but brands have like, you know, they have a very particular set of parameters. So getting them to agree to let you do anything uh, a little edgy in a funny way that still like sells the product is is a special kind of win. So I love that. Um, but like, I don't know, like if if money was no object, I would probably also like like to work in like an amusement park or something. Really? I yeah, would not. I, I would not. I would not. I would we not. were just talking about it. Like my friend is looking for a house and she found out that like one of the amusement parks is building a roller coaster really near to the house. And that's why the um that's why the person is kind of selling. And I was like, I think I would love that. Wait, you've got to be out of your mind. What are you talking about? That's crazy. I think no. it would be so fun to hear no. people screaming. Anyway, Casey. we'll see. I, we'll never know because that's, like, that's not my house and I don't know. That's but bonkers. I have actually worked in an amusement park for extended time, not at an amusement park, but we did the Rosie O'Donnell show from a number of different amusement parks and our offices were right in the midst of the park. And like one time we were there for a month and it never really, like I never was driven to madness. The only thing I didn't like is, um, oh, we were in... Uh, MGM Studios, that's where the monsters, right? The Universal Monsters. No, Universal Studios. You, I don't know. What's the theme monsters park that has? The, no, it's no, no. Disney. The monsters like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and stuff. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, we, that's the only thing I didn't like. We were at the park that had the monsters, and the Frankenstein guy was always coming up to me Universal, and making Frankenstein Universal. He was always making Frankenstein noises, and finally, I was like, "You need to stop doing this. I don't like it." And then he never bothered me again. You got to tell people <laughs> and tell monsters people. and monsters. <laughs> okay, what's the next oh question? God. Um, what's your earliest memory of seeing a production on stage? Oh, well, that's easy for me. Um, cats. Oh, exciting. Exciting. In Chicago when I was a little kid and then my grandma got mugged after. Oh no, that's terrible. Yeah, but I mean, it made for a very memorable day. A story. It made for a memorable day. Moot got mugged. 
She was fine. Oh She's God, tough. It would be like mood. if I got mugged. And by the way, now in retrospect, like I could probably do the math. I'm not going to right now. Like Moot was probably like 58 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like she was probably like not old at all. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. But I was, I was very little. I think it was before we moved to Chicago. But I saw, okay. I mean, before we moved from Chicago to Arizona. So yeah, it was really tiny. Oh my gosh. It so much. It made such a huge impression on me. I was like, I want to be one of those cats someday. When I was seven, I think I saw our local high school's production of a play called Up the Down Staircase. Um, Familiar with it? Yeah. And, uh, classic and then I think high school farce. Like classic, a farce that all high schools do. Classic high school play. But that got me interested in doing... Uh, drama. And so I immediately joined like a local theater troupe that was like adults and kids. So I took acting classes there. And uh, so the the next thing that I saw was I was also in, I was a little pig in Don Quixote. (laughs) Because that's beautiful beautiful, guys. Yeah. And then I I worked my way up to marionette. So (sighs) From 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 little farm pig to marionette. Um, Megs wants to know how did you find your energy healer, honey? She found me. <laughs> no, I actually met Val through um, the Well, which is like a spa here in New York. And they had, they had Reiki, they offered Reiki and energy healing. And um, so I had seen her there and then I became one of her clients, like privately. Great. We love Mm -hmm. Val. She's Mm -hmm. the best. Um, Vicky asks, of all the people you've worked with, who surprised you the most in a good or bad way? Expectation versus reality. I probably wouldn't say who surprised me in a bad way. Um... But there have been people who have surprised me in a bad way, but less than you'd think, probably. Um, I don't know. I mean, gosh, like, I just feel like when people live up to the hype of, like, the, you know, how famous they are and how cool they are. So, I mean, for me, Bette Midler is amazing. Joan Rivers surprised me because I just thought that, you know, her comedy was kind of, like, tough on people, but she could not have been softer-hearted and more loving and actually would always be, like, you know, if I wrote some stand-up for her or whatever, and then I'd, like, go out to see her perform it, I would never tell her that I was going because it would make her nervous to know that I was there watching her do the jokes that I wrote or whatever. Um, And I thought that was surprising that someone, after all those years, wasn't, like, a hard-boiled, you know, jaded pro. Like, she she still loved it. She still got butterflies in her stomach, and she still wanted to do her best and, and give a good performance and make a good impression. So... Folks like that, um, Martin Short, I always love doing something with. He's everything you would hope he would be. Um, I also really love uh, Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous. Who doesn't fucking love that? Uh, Yeah, um, just 
everyone. Like truly out of all the thousands of people that I've got been so lucky to do things with, there have been like three that I wouldn't I wouldn't be eager to go back and do anything with again. Mm-hmm, and maybe mm-hmm. someday I'll name names when they're dead. Hmm. But what was the question? <laughs> who out of all the people you've worked with, who surprised you the most? I don't know if it was a surprise, but um, as far as like the person that I probably like had the most fan feelings for going into working with, yeah, Courtney Cox, because I was a huge Friends fan, um, and I learned it. It wasn't surprising to me, but I loved learning how she was a human, like what kind of person she was in terms of like the most professional and super caring and like centering family on her sets and making, and also very involved in every, she's like, she was an executive producer on Cougar Town and I watched her from day one be so involved in every aspect of that show. It wasn't like she was taking a credit that she didn't earn. Like she was involved in everything. She was watching the dailies. She was watching the cuts. She was like making notes. She was, you know, doing all of these things. And then she ended up directing a majority of the episodes towards the later seasons. But she was always um, so open, so generous, and... um, forthcoming and also, and I've said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again, because I was young. I was like, I mean, I was just 20, I was 29 (laughs) and she was probably my age. She was probably 44 when we started working together. I never had seen a person in a position of power asking, wait, I don't understand that. Explain that to me. What is it that you mean? I actually don't know what the meaning of that word is. What does that word mean? Like I had spent so long in my life pretending to know what people were talking about because I was <laughs> terrified to ask. Right. I, I, for, the, you know, the fear of them thinking I was a fucking idiot or something. Right. And here's this person who's like a boss lady, super talented, really creative, like has her own great ideas and was able and open at times to be like, wait, what is that? I don't even, I'm sorry. I like don't know what that word means. What is that? And, or to just ask a question, like, I'm sorry, I'm confused. What are we doing here? And what is it that you expect of us? You know what I mean? And it was like a fucking light bulb went off in my head. I, did I ever think less of her when she asked a question? No. Turns out I never did. So why would anyone ever think less of me if I asked a question? And why have I been so fucking afraid to ask questions my entire life? Like, it was really illuminating, you know? And of all of the gifts that I got from that show, and there were many, I love that she was the boss and she was the person that I got to see be a boss in the way that she was because it was like 
always inclusive, always generous. And she never had all the answers. And that oh. was like the greatest gift. I love that. She seems so great. She's great. I fucking love her. Guys, our partner has a product that Casey and I use literally every day. We started taking Athletic Greens, both of us, because they sent it to us. And the truth is, I had this whole system of like 47 vitamins and supplements that I was supposed to take daily, and I would always manage to take three of them. And then Athletic Greens arrived on my doorstep, and what is it? One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, and I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help me start my day right. It's a special blend that supports gut health, nervous system, my immune system, my energy, recovery, focus, and aging, aging, all of the things. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly, so if you're vegetarian or vegan, paleo, keto, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's for you. It's for everyone. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes so good. I love it. You can do just one scoop in water um, and mix it up. You can do it in a smoothie, which I know Casey is a fan of. I've just been taken to just doing it in the water because I love it. It's just one small micro habit with big benefits. One thing I can do every day that I know is good for me. And I feel like I know myself. I'm never taking all those supplements. Guys, I'm never doing the routine where I'm like taking 47 different things. I need probiotics. I need prebi. I know I need all these things. Athletic Greens has it. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. So... It's investing in my health and it's cheaper than my coffees. Right now, I want you to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just a reminder, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais and also just me and Casey. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate Daily Nutritional Insurance. Oh, I'm very excited about this advertiser, guys. Because Thrive Cosmetics makes a product that I literally use all the time. I recommend to people anytime I have the opportunity to in real life and on this podcast. Among them the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, which has more than 25,000 five-star reviews. And I found out for a reason. Guys, let me tell you something. I am a person that has a greasy under eye. And that means that mascara is always underneath my eyes. No matter what kind of mascara, waterproof, 
I've tried previous tubing mascaras. It's always just ends up underneath my eyes. The first moment I put on the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara by Thrive Cosmetics, I was hooked. I'm obsessed. First of all, it looks so great. And they use a proprietary tubing formula that wraps around each lash and it really like lengthens and defines your lashes and it lasts all day long. It doesn't clump. It does not smudge or flake. And I would just say the removal is super easy. It's not like the kind of thing because previously I used to hate all of the um, stuff I would like mascara I would use because the the waterproof stuff would just stay on my eyes forever and I could never get it off. And then I would wake up in the morning and my eyes would be like irritated. Not with my Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara by Thrive Cosmetics. I'm obsessed with it. I really am. I really am. I also love the Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint and the Brilliant Eye Brightener. Guys, I love it all. But I personally love, it's all certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free beauty products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. There's no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. And it all exists without compromising performance. And it's called Thrive Cosmetics because part of their mission is that every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. And you can see a full list on their website. It's organizations that help people who are battling domestic abuse or um, homelessness and cancer and many other organizations that are very worthy. You just actually have to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. And right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash best. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T. I-C-S dot com slash best for 20% off your first order. Get that mascara, guys. You are not gonna be sorry. You're gonna thank me. Katie wants to know, have either of us done IPL at our dermatologist? Yes, I have. I love it. I'm very fair. Which one's IPL? That's um, pulsed, like... Interpulse laser therapy. I, I don't know. know. It's the one that like fades your like uh, freckles. I don't think I've done it. Spots. I don't think I've done it. I don't think I've it, done like, it. It like turns your it turns your freckle into like a. Not, I haven't like, done it. I haven't done okay. it. I know what you're talking about. I haven't done I'm it. Ve- I'm very fair. I have birthmarks on both of my cheeks that when they get sun on them, they sort of come out, and then people think I have bruises on my cheeks, which is you know whatever, but. It gets boring, people being like, what's wrong with your face? And I'm like, ugh. But IPL really uh, turns those into, like, crispy. (laughs) I went to get IPL, and you go to, like, a series. Like, you go three or four times or something. And, like, the first time I went and had it done, and it was fine. And then um, the next time I went, the lady was like, did it hurt the last time you got this done? And I was like, no, not at all. And she was like, today we're going to hurt you. (laughs) And I was like... Yeesh. Okay, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It didn't hurt that much, and it like faded all these things. I would love to go back uh, someday when I have some 
more disposable income. That's what I'll be spending it on. if there's anyone listening who wants to offer a paid post in the payment (laughs) is IPL for Casey. Hit us up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Too far? Have I taken it too far? Okay. No, you can never go too far for IPL. That's what I think. Um, Busy. This is not really a question. It's more of a request, a kind request. Can you please do a boob tape tutorial? I bought boob tape and tried to watch a few videos, but they are all 20-somethings and they use so much tape. I want to learn from the expert. I am actually an expert. I am maybe, actually an expert. Maybe you can do that for Substack. Okay, I'll do it for Substack. It's subscri- <laughs> subscribers only. Subscribers only. I, I will do it. I will do it for Substack. Let me get through Sweden first. Yeah, But I have... I do... What would actually be interesting is like a segment on Busy Tonight where we do it with several different kinds of boobs. Yes. Because my boobs are... People think I have bigger tits than I have. I don't. It's they're not, they're not that big. They're not that yeah. big. The camera they're like adds. Full, they're, the camera adds... 10 boobs. <laughs> a billion boobs. No, it's like... Um, I have like full bees. Like, yeah. Or, like birdies boobs are bigger than mine. Which is really no, it's fun. Wow, it's It's not a contest. It's not, but oh, it's still. Ask that's talk to her about that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You you guys, I'm totally joking. That's a sobering moment when your when your child's boobs outgrow yours. Okay, (laughs) wait, 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 wait. wait. I want to, I want to, I want to sidebar for two seconds. Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure this is in my book. I realize now maybe I need to reread it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I think this is in my book. I, I need to tell you this, Casey, because I had this realization last night. Yes. So Mark took Birdie and Cricket over the weekend to visit his parents um, in part because his father has been on like a very rapid decline and we're just not sure if Birdie will get a chance to see him again once she goes to school. But they were going through all of these photos um, while they were there, like, of Mark and his brother as little kids, right? And so Mark, or Birdie, FaceTimed me. I mean, she's like, you're not going to believe this picture. And she showed me a picture. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't remember that photo of you, baby. What is me? Where did Mimi have that? And she was like, no, that's dad. Oh, And I was like, oh, my God, like it looks exactly like baby Birdie. Like wow. I thought it was Birdie at age two. Aww. And then I texted Mark last night and I was like, oh my God. So sort of infamously, and I think it's in my book, but I'm not sure. At my baby shower, my mom gave a speech that was insane <laughs> in which she started with, Something to the effect of, or exactly word for word, I know that we're all hoping that the baby gets Busy's looks <gasps> and Mark's wit and intellect. Oh my gosh. Managing to insult both of us at the same time. And just like in my typical, like she was like looking for a good line and it just yeah. like did not. Barb missed the mark, okay? But I had the realization last night, I'm like, holy shit. 
I reversed the curse (laughs) that my mother tried to give me at my baby shower. (laughs) But what actually happened is that Birdie has Mark's face and my wit and intellect. (laughs) She is like, she is so fucking me in every way, like personality wise. Yeah. And she's got like Mark's face and his build and his body. And like, she looks exactly like him. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. They reversed the curse. Both our kids are like a weird mix of us and not a weird mix, like just a mix of us. Uh, Eli looks like my grandfather and my cousin, Um, but they're both weirdly tall. Like there's no reason that they should both be six foot two. Yeah, it is weird. I do think that's strange. Whenever I see them, I'm like bizarre. It's very weird. And they're always hugging us and they're like a full head taller than us. And it just looks like they don't belong to us, but... They do. I I was there. I remember vividly. Each well, of Cricket them looks out exactly me. like me. Does she? I think she, she looks, looks like, like my Mark sister. Too. Oh, that makes sense. She looks a little like your yeah, like, like your my sister niece. and like your niece. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I she looks that. a lot like my side of the family. Yeah. She also looks like my stepbrother, which is wild because they're not related at all. Uh, aren't they? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't know. Right. She looks like him when he was little. Let's um, go to our next question. Amber wants to know, she lives one town over from where I lived in Westport, Connecticut. Wants to hear more about running into Eartha Kit at the grocery store. Um, I Because I had like a family, I, was, I would always do the rounds of grocery stores to get particular things. And I would always run into Eartha Kit at Shaw's Market. And I would always run into Brett Summers from Match Game at Trader Joe's. They both loved children. So they would both always come up and talk to the kids. The kids were shy. And I would try to explain to them that Eartha Kit was like... Catwoman, you know, from Batman. And, uh, but she really did have that Eartha Kit voice. And so the kids would kind of be like, oh my gosh, who's this lady? But she, she really loved children and she would always talk so proudly, uh, about her daughter and, um, and her family. And she was just really friendly. Like she, like I would never in a million years have approached Eartha Kit. She came up to say hi to me because I had kids in my cart. And uh, same with Brett Summers. She was hilarious. She even offered to babysit one time if I was ever stuck for a babysitter, which I thought was so sweet. And I was like, could you imagine having Brett Summers? But the kids had no frame of reference for match games. So. They didn't know. But yeah, I would see Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward around town. And I knew them a little bit because I had worked with Paul Newman uh, on a car project that he was doing with David Letterman. He's He's actually the reason why I moved to Westport because when we wanted to move out of the city... Um, I had been to Westport many times because Paul Newman had invited me to some events there. And so that's how I became familiar with the town of Westport. Um, and also my old writing partner lived a couple towns over in Weston. Uh, yeah, so that's really it. I don't have any really like wild stories other than it's wild to see Eartha Kit in Shaw's Market. Um, (laughs) Ashley wants to say thank you to us. We have genuinely changed the way that she thinks and acts in her own life, and her life has changed for the better. She was promoted at work, uh, but that's just one thing. 
that has happened since listening to the podcast and she loves her job now. What was the plan pre-podcast after Busy Tonight? Um, I think we have kind of said, I think what we were looking for and which weirdly would have kind of circumvented all of this trouble is that we were looking to do like all the all the strikes and everything that you know like the industry is kind of in it's in like a spiral right now and it'll be interesting to see how it comes out of it. We were just trying to like make a show that was independently funded possibly by a brand like let's say like I don't know a nut brand or something <laughs> like if someone if some company that sold nuts wanted to give us money to make a little show then we just wanted to figure out how to get that show to people. Basically, and it wasn't something... Yeah, basically what happened was that I had had such great experiences working directly with these brands and advertisers doing my... Like all kinds of stuff, like like campaigns, but then also like just paid posts for Instagram. And I was like, there's so much money here and they pay to advertise on networks and that historically speaking is what has funded television shows um, except so much of that money has to go to paying executives and other salaries of other people at the network and so what if we just cut out the middleman and we just like went directly to the advertisers and we're like hey we want to make this show this is how much money we need you would be like the only sponsor of it do you want to do that Right. And we were getting a lot of traction on the idea, TBH. And then maybe you guys have heard of it, but a <laughs> pandemic happened. And it really put everything like in a state of mm, hmm, hold, like a yeah. pause, like a yeah. long, elongated shift of everything. <laughs> anyway, so we were had been doing like a podcast sort of centered around the idea that we were trying to like convince these brands <laughs> to let us do this shit. And then the pandemic happened and then we like scrapped all those episodes of the podcast and then we're like, well, wait, what are we going to do? And we decided to just do a podcast about pivots because that's what we were trying to do. And so, and yes. figure out. We were trying to figure out what the fuck we were going to do. So that's right. what happened. Origin that, story. That's our origin story, our villain origin story. Um, MM wants to know what are the key tricks for writing jokes in someone else's voice? And in what ways does it add unexpected layers that's to for the you. comedy? Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, you can write the best joke in the world, and if it's not in the voice of the person for whom you're writing it to perform, then it's useless to them. So, yeah, that's one thing that I think is another strength of mine. I think I watch people really closely, and while I'm not, like, an impressionist, I can do, like, a pretty good mental impression of most people that I watch. And my goal is always to mostly give somebody something that's so them so that they feel like, you know, like they're putting on a pair of shoes that they don't even have to break in. At the same time, maybe, depending on who it is, like, pushing them to explore 
and expand their material, their repertoire, their persona a little bit. Um, But it's mostly just paying attention to like, A, what they talk about in the first place and B, how they talk about it. And, you know, it's, it's a lot like acting. It's like putting yourself in the mind of this character and figuring out like, what is their motivation and, um, and how do I express that and get a punchline at the end that works for this person. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. I, I don't know if that's a great answer, but that's that's true. Um, Emily wants to know if you could go back or forward in time, which would you choose and why? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess back. I would go back in time because that's something that you can't do. Like we're yeah. going forward no matter what, yeah. you know? We're, so, we're already forward. Right. right now. So, and we will continue to go forward and that doesn't require any magic. So if magic entered the chat, I would go back just because I think it'd be fun to relive some cool stuff and maybe pay closer attention, mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. better note of things, enjoy things more instead of being afraid. Um, and, you know, that's assuming that like I could get back to where I am. Or, I mean, would I choose to, if I could go back in time and just get dropped there and I would have to relive everything over again, I'm not sure. But maybe I would do it. I don't know. We're just talking about how short life is. So, you know, maybe I would do it. But definitely the answer is back. Yeah, I think for me too. Back. Back. (laughs) Back. Take me back. This is a good question, I think, and I've wondered it myself in the past. Do you know if Kim Kelly was named after the Deal sisters, Kim and Kelly Deal from the Breeders? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a great name, but I'm gonna kind of say no. I'm gonna say you're gonna say no. Not. Yeah, I'm gonna say probably not. But I but I could be wrong. But I'm gonna say interesting. Not. Okay, one more like just. For people that want to know, people love this kind of question. Can you go over your skincare routine with brands? You and me? Yeah. What do you, what's what's your current skincare routine? All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> I use <laughs> so many products. Do you? Yes. You, but- you, can I just say something? With love, you own so many products. I have I've so never, many products. Your bathroom is like a Sephora. It is 100%. You should see what we're bringing to Sweden for Birdie. What she's like, <laughs> what what are her must brings? I'm like, holy shit, girl. These kids are going to think you're fucking nuts. Well, oh. she's American. Um, anyway, I use, I really like the Biologique Recherche products. Biology Recherche. Okay. Um, they've got this toner. That's P50 1970 is the one I use. It's like an exfoliating toner. And um, I really do think it makes a difference. But I like that face wash, VIPO2. I also, but there are lots of, I like will switch up a face wash. I will, I will do it. And I also, similarly, I, I switch up a serum. But here's the here's the thing that always exists, no matter what the products are, because I switch my products around. Yeah. There is a face wash. If I'm working and I'm wearing a lot of makeup, if you're a person that wears a lot of makeup, I highly recommend a double cleanse. 
Same. Yeah. So if if I'm working nor in IRL, I don't wear any makeup like on my face. So in real life, I'm just washing my face once mm-hmm. with a cleanser. Then I'm using my toner, which is an exfoliating toner. So I don't like exfoliate using anything like granular. Right. I use I exfoliate using acid. Then I apply serums depending on time of day and also skincare needs. Serums change. Um, I love the Facile line that my dermatologist in Los Angeles came out with. It's F-A-C-I-L-E. Um, I love Oak, O-A-K. They have a really, that's Jenny Kane's line that she came up with, like the skincare okay. line. It, she has super hydrate. I like love the face oil that she has. And she has this balm that in the winter is incredible. Okay. So, but there's serums. And then after this, and at night I use like um, a retinol, generally speaking. Sometimes I do it every like three nights though, because I'm like sensitive skin vibes. And I don't use a prescription retinol. I use like an over-the-counter. And in the mornings, a lot of times I like a vitamin C. In the summertime, my skincare routine is very much paired back. Because if you're going to spend a lot of time in the sun, even though I'm like always wearing an SPF, it's just not the time to like put a lot of chemicals and activating shit on your face. It just doesn't. Because right. it can like have bad bad reactions to sun. Yes. So, but like I like a vitamin C serum. You have to be careful. You put vitamin C serum on your face and then let it sink in, soak in, whatever it is. Let it sit. It doesn't like other serums. So you have to like let it like really get in your skin before you add other serums. And then I do a moisturizer and that depends. I really do like, um, I really like the Biologique line of moisturizers. I love the Vernex in the winter. I also like Eve Lom, like Eve and then it's L-O-M. Um, I also like, I'm looking over there. I can't tell. I don't know what that is. I've mentioned like 17 products. I think you're good. (laughs) I use, what do I use? I use Pears soap on my face, uh, when I'm in the shower, but when I wash my face out of the shower, I use... Thrive Cosmetics, they have like a very lemony scented, very thick face wash. You just need the smallest dot of it and it makes the tons of suds. I also do one-two cleansing. I use whatever oil, like whatever oil I have uh, for the first step of the cleansing. It doesn't really matter to me. I would use like olive oil or coconut oil, but I also just have like tons of little oils that I use to rub off my makeup. I'm also a big fan of those like furry uh, washcloths that are like, you know, the the name brand is Makeup Eraser, but I bet, you know, there's tons of different brands that you can find. Those, uh, I do oil cleanse, then foaming cleanse, 
or sudsy cleanse and then use that makeup face cloth to get everything off. They wash really well, so don't worry if they get all gross because all that makeup's going to come out in the laundry. Um, I use I use a lot of products from The Ordinary, their niacinamide um, serum. I use their uh, buffet pup peptides with copper. Um, I use just a lot of things and it's really inexpensive. So you can try a ton of things. And if it doesn't work for you, you're out like seven bucks and, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, And they also give really good instructions about how to pair things. I like the ordinary. Yeah, I like I I like what they've got going on. And then sunscreen is so important. I use uh, strictly Korean sunscreen because I have really sensitive skin. Hmm. Those are chemical sunscreens, which I know some people are afraid of. They work for me. I always use anything that's like a watery essence or milky jelly or whatever, and that just means that it's not like a, a heavy cream with. Uh, titanium dioxide in it or whatever. It's chemical sunscreen in a very like gel-like, easy to absorb base. I put it on literally first thing in the morning, the second my eyes open up, even if I'm going to wash my face or whatever in an hour or so after I have coffee, I still put sunscreen on. My house is all windows. I can get a sunburn in my house. Uh, So I put it on the second I wake up. And sometimes I put it on before bed. Um, and I just reapply it if I'm, if I'm washing my face or whatever. Uh, what else, what else do I use? I use, I also use, um, a good, uh, good molecules, the brand good molecules. I use their retinol lotion cause that one, not lotion, but it's like a cream in a little tube. That one, um, is not too harsh for me. I have tried prescription retinoids before and they just, I mean, they peel your fucking face off. That's for they me. Always like me, whenever you try experience. to read like on Reddit, like skincare addiction or whatever, they're like, your skin just has to purge and like get used to it. And adjust to it. And I'm like, I've been adjusting for one year. I look like a, a flaky pastry puff. So, um, yeah, so I don't need that, but a retinoid is really helpful and great. So yeah, so I use that. And then, you know, like red light mask. Um, I like a red light mask. I stay out of the sun religiously and, uh, yeah, that's about it. I think we nailed it. <laughs> we didn't nearly get to all of the questions that you all sent in so maybe we'll do this again another time and if you have more questions in the meantime send them in but um yeah happy august oh my god you guys you know what go be present in the <laughs> august haze <laughs> <laughs> have safe go do travels. something fun Have safe travels if you're traveling. Safe travels to you and your family, Busy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all soon. We're going to talk to you soon. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.